I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Hour number two of Gojo and Golik here on the DraftKings Network. Mike Golik Jr. and Mike Kolick Sr. here. We got a little baseball talk. Mike Trout said something interesting. Yep. Uh, that's all you need to know. Mike Trout said something <laughs> interesting. He might have said two interesting things. We might have actually gotten Mike Trout throwing shade at somebody, or at the very least, that's what this little morsel is going to give us here. And much like when we've seen him or Kawhi Leonard laugh and then overanalyze it, I'd imagine the response to this is going to be the reason that Mike Trout never talks to the media again after this. So we will get to the juiciest Mike Trout nugget I have seen in quite some time. But, Dad, we have mentioned that it is franchise tag day opening here around the NFL, a scourge on the players and something we don't support as a pro player <laughs> podcast and show, but nonetheless, an invitation to play a very radio like game that we are going to call extend tag or cut basically MFK, but the version that we can say on semi FCC regulated airwaves here <laughs> uh, as we head into the NFL's off season here. So I am going to give you this in bad. You are basically going to extend, love it, tag, like it, or cut, hate it for a couple of off-season NFL storylines that we've got queued up here. And I am very excited for this one because it's got one of the most unhinged bit of sounds that goes along with it uh, in the NFL. We will get to that one after we get to the question at the top of the draft, Dad. And I want to ask you something, first and foremost, in the paradigm of this game. 
extend, tag, or cut that the Bears should trade the top pick and keep Justin Fields for next season? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I guess what it's going to come down to is what you can get for it, right? What can you get for you weigh what you can get for Justin Fields in a trade of which there have already been calls about or talked about at the Senior Bowl, which is, is not, uh, you know, not shocking. And you can talk about trades up until March 13th. You can't finalize anything until March 13th, I should say. What, what gets you more? You know, what gets you more back? I think, Mike, I think they are going to move on from Justin Fields. I think they're going to trade him and take what they can get to trade him. And I think they're going to draft a uh, a quarterback. So I think they're going to draft Caleb Williams. So that's where I think they're going to go. I wouldn't mind giving Justin Fields another shot at this, but I just don't think with this quarterback class that's in now, they're already talking about next year's quarterback class not being what this one is. So in case you stuck with Justin Fields and it still wasn't going the way you wanted, where are you going to go then? I think they they bail on that now. I think they they cut on move on from Justin Fields and trade him and draft the quarterback. All right, so the, and and that's been my stock belief as well this offseason that just based on what's already gone on with Justin, some of which which is him not developing at the rate you've wanted, but I put most of that still at the feet of that franchise where he's now had three offensive coordinators in the four or five years that he's been there. He's going on another one now and around him has never felt stable. They have not created a space that could develop a quarterback. And so with the timeline being messed up, I think you restart the clock, you get a fresh face in there and you try and build a new in the way that you failed this last time around. But I'll throw the caveat in here. And I was joined. I joined Jason Fitz, who does a great job over at Yahoo Sports on his podcast the other day. And he asked, we had one recent high profile trade up of memory in the draft that involved Trey Lance where the 49ers traded up to the number three overall pick. And they gave up three first round picks and a second round pick to get to that point. So dad, if someone offered you, if you're the Chicago bears, three firsts and a second to trade up to that number one spot, are you taking that? Because you're not going to get that for Justin Fields. You're going to get something back no. if you trade Justin Fields. But would that haul be enough with some of the other needs the Bears still have for you to pull the trigger on, hey, we'll keep Justin Fields and we'll part ways with this pick? How do you not think long and hard about that? But you know what it comes what this all comes down to, Mike? You're basically the thought process is you're not going anywhere without I'm not going to sit there and say it has to be a franchise quarterback, but it better be a damn good quarterback, right? At least a damn good quarterback. And I don't know if the Bears feel they have that in Justin Fields or if the if he's moving along at that pace to be that guy. So if you did that and grab the draft picks, as I said, the, the, no team is just looking to next year. They're looking forward to the next quarterback draft and the possibility of the next quarterback draft after that and what might be out there. Or you grabbing a free agent at that point to quarterback your team. But you, you can fill all the positions you want around your team. But if you don't have a dynamic quarterback, you're not going to make the dent that you want to make. And at times, Justin Fields has been that. But at times, he's been a turnover machine. So... I just think they've seen enough out of him to where that's not going to happen and they're going to say, we need to get what we feel is a franchise quarterback uh, to help start turn around, turning around this program. 
it's so difficult because of the, and I've used this word a lot, but the opportunity cost. You are the number one pick, so you don't have to move any capital to get up to that point and get a guy. And this draft where people feel like you got two, maybe even three guys, if you view Jaden Daniels the way that some people, like our buddy Field Gates, view him as a guy who's moved into one of that top prospect range. But, Dad, this is the precarious situation for the Chicago Bears where if I'm the franchise, if I'm the Bears front office and I believe I'm going to survive whatever happens with this coaching staff. And Matt Eberflus is coming back on the hot seat. There's no two ways about it. He was a guy they flirted with potentially firing at the end of this last season, but was able to do enough improving to hold on to that job. And now runs the risk of going into this year. And if they underperform, even with a star rookie quarterback, I doubt Matt Eberflus lives to see the following day because we see this time and time again with organizations, with coaches walking into that final year, lame duck coaches like we always hear about. With a young quarterback, the organization says, all right, I like our young quarterback. We just invested a bunch in him. I'm not sure about your hands being the one to mold it, so we're going to move on to someone else. And you restart this bad cycle for a young player having a new voice in their ear right after their rookie season in the NFL. And so if you were the Bears and you didn't mind taking the risk of, hey, we don't know where we're going to be in that next draft. I mean, obviously, you'd get some first, so you'd probably be in good position with capital next year, but you don't know what the prospect situation is going to look like. We don't know if there's going to be a Jaden Daniels glow up, but man, you'd be able to add even more around the quarterback, build this hospitable landing spot. And then if things don't go well, you'd be starting in the right timeline with potentially a new coach and a new quarterback, but you'd be risking missing out on one of these prospects that at this point looks like they have the potential to net you CJ Stroud, like returns early in their career. I, I guess one of the other things you, we could say is, do you still trade that? What What are your grades of Drake May, of of Jaden Daniels, and of Caleb Williams? And can you move down? What, what if What if New England really wants sure. Caleb Williams, or Washington really wants Caleb Williams? Then, you know, do you go ahead and trade that pick if your grade of Drake May or Jaden Williams is right there with Caleb Williams? You say, you know what? Let's pick up some some draft capital and still get a guy we think can get, uh, be a a uh, a franchise quarterback. So I, I think that's the way it's going to go. Either stay there and pick, or drop a spot or two because your grade is kind of the same. Get some assets, but but I think they they still move on from Justin Fields. And I really look forward to Justin Fields on the next team he's on and what he's going to end up doing. So I think you and I are both in the cut it camp for this one here, where the yep. Bears should actually draft with their number one overall pick and move on from what has been the Justin Fields era in Chicago and press forward there. Going to be very, very interesting to see how that plays out. Dad, let's get to our next question and extend, tag, or cut. The Steelers are the best fit for Russell Wilson, Dad. Extend, tag, or cut it? I I would extend that. I mean, let, let me ask you a question. The Pittsburgh Steelers had three quarterbacks play, three quarterbacks, right? In Trubisky, in Pickett, and in Mason Rudolph play, okay? Three quarterbacks play, and the the team above them, Cleveland, had four, and they ended up making the playoffs. Pittsburgh ended up making the playoffs. Pittsburgh went 10-7 and with that. Do you have a better, so, I mean, they can still, they're producing now with, and do we think Kenny Pickett is the guy going forward? You know, Mitch Trubisky is gone. It's between Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. If you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, are you comfortable with that? Or are you in the position of saying, you know what? We can get Russell Wilson on the cheap because Denver is paying the tab on this one. 
You know, we got a we we're always known for our running game. We got a tough defense. We were 10 and 7 with that, you know, merry-go-round of quarterbacks. Do you have a better chance of being at least that or better with Russell Wilson or with Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett? I know Russell Wilson hasn't been the Russell Wilson we've known, but I still think he'd be a better option and it would not be costing you a lot of money. Yeah, I think that's the thing for people that they've got to get over is what Russell Wilson has meant before, which is a ton of money associated with this contract. And if he ends up parting ways with Denver and per DraftKings Sportsbook right now, the Steelers are the odds on favorite to land him at minus 110. Denver second at plus 320. I don't think after what transpired at the end of that season, there's any no. way that Denver is going to bring him back uh, into the fold there. So I think we're going to be talking about greener pastures. And I think we're going to be talking about, to your point, a much lower number because now Russell Wilson won't be bound by that contract anymore and someone will be able to get him for the cheap. Dad, I would say that I tag it here because I think he can be your bridge towards getting past whatever the Kenny Pickett situation was. I don't think Kenny's the long-term answer there. Pittsburgh seems to. I saw Jerry Dulaca, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, write that it looks like the Steelers are content to try and maybe bring back Mason Rudolph, who's a free agent, as the lone yeah. bit of competition for Kenny Pickett in that room, but Russell Wilson could satisfy some of that, could give you a higher ceiling at a place that, listen, prioritizes winning now always. The Steelers are never going to be a reload-type franchise. That's not how Mike Tomlin's gotten down there, and as they've tried to make this transition post-Ben Roethlisberger, it's been a missed bag, and I think between Matt Canada as your offensive coordinator, that was a miss, and I think Kenny Pickett was a miss at quarterback here, at least right now, and again, not all yep. of that is his fault. We talked about the environments that these quarterbacks come into, but Dad, this question prompted one of the more interesting conversations and comments from our buddy Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, talked about a potential re uh, destination for Russell Wilson that he threw out there yesterday on Get Up. Take a listen. Yeah, I think he would actually be a, a great fit with the New York Jets, and here's why. Oh my gosh! Why you want to Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson? Absolutely, pay him a million dollars and let him resurrect his career. <laughs> I actually have experience with this. Vinny Testaverde got cut by the Baltimore Ravens. We signed him in June and went to the championship game that year. So if you're, if you're Russell Wilson and you don't get- no uh, early, Mike. Hey, Bart, if you, but if, where, where else is he gonna go? He has to resurrect his career. So if you have to sit for a year, why not sit behind one of the greatest of all time? Dad, I would pay to watch the footage from the quarterback room conversations between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. I could say that much for damn sure. I, I, I couldn't even fathom that happening. Now, we know the Jets have to get a veteran backup, but I don't think Russell Wilson is there yet. I think there's a couple spots out there where he could still be the starter and help some teams, so... I'm really not sure about that one uh, at all. Yeah, I, I just, that would seem like an odd, odd quarterback room. And I just don't see that Russell Wilson is in a position now to say, yeah, I'm going here as a backup and we'll only get in if Aaron Rodgers or the quarterback in front of me gets hurt. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I'd agree there's probably going to be better opportunities out there for Russ. It makes it a long shot. It's not even on the board that I'm seeing for the DK Sportsbook odds. No. Uh, on here it, it, it's a creative solution it's obviously part of the Jets and what we've heard from their organization in the decree to the coaching staff and the GM which is hey you got to go out and handle backup quarterback this year I think a Jacoby Brissett and I saw DJ Reed the other day advocating for it online too a guy who's worn Jets colors 
I, I'll yep. say it till I'm blue in the face. That one seems like the biggest layup on planet Earth to get one of the premier backup quarterback guys, guy who's played quality starting football in the NFL there. I don't think the I would cut the Russell Wilson to the New York Jets take there and move on as we go. So I think you and I both it, it, lukewarm on the Steelers fit idea. I'm really not sure because Russell Wilson to me does not represent a long term solution for anyone anymore. I think he's a stopgap no. from here on out in his career. I absolutely agree with that, and but but I also think Pittsburgh is still right there to win. As I said, ten and seven with that quarterback carousel. You bring in Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator, who had you know to one of the top running games right in Atlanta with Algier and Bajan Robinson, and what he did. You have the two backs uh, in Pittsburgh as well, so I kind of like that fit as coordinator as well, and what you'd be asking Russell Wilson to do. That one, that that place. Um, is interesting to me. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, interesting as well on what direction they're going to go, and then certainly New England from the quarterback position. All right, Dad, let's get that down to the last couple here. Uh, extend tag or cut? A Super Bowl contender is going to sign Derrick Henry this offseason. Oh, I think so, for sure. I mean, we, we have seen that the running back position is not going to cost you a lot, and we, we know that there's a rarity of just kind of a one-back offense that Derrick Henry has basically been in. I'll actually get a bit of a break in not having to be the main back all the time. I still look at the Cowboys, Mike. I still look at the Cowboys as a team that would – they went to the Tony Pollard and not Tony and Zeke, and that really didn't work. I think they're thinking that you can't – we can't just have Pollard be the main back – we need somebody else. You know this is a move Jerry Jones would make, right? That Jerry Jones would be all over. Let's bring in a guy like this to help our offense. So I could absolutely, and, and we know Dallas should be a contending team if they don't gack in the playoffs like they have. So I absolutely think that a contending team is going to go after Derrick Henry. I agree. I would extend this one too. If I'm Derrick Henry, I'm praying it's the Baltimore Ravens because I think they're the best prime to be one of the true contenders next season. And in that backfield with Lamar Jackson, I still say that'd be a baller combination. He'd look great in the uniform, but Dallas does seem to be the one that was be cloaked in more desperation to do it. I, I don't know why Baltimore, who they led last year with over 180 yards, you know, a game because of Lamar and obviously Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, who Still inexplicably, we have no idea why those two didn't run more in the playoff game against Kansas City. But I don't know if that's the area. I, I, listen, they're in a nice position of not having a ton of needs, but they're definitely going to have some needs as Baltimore. And I don't know if you go ahead and mess with that, what you got going on in the backfield, even though Derrick Henry is a heck of a player to bring in, but they're already the top team, top rushing team. Oh, I agree, but I, I do think if you're Derrick Henry, that would be the hope that you'd go to a place that doesn't necessarily need you to be yeah. the dude, because I think if you bring him into Dallas, you're letting Tony Pollard walk. You're probably drafting again. They got Deuce Vaughn on the roster already who's going to be in his second year. Very different kind of back, but you'd need a little bit more to supplement, and I think you'd need to change some of your style. We've seen Mike McCarthy in the past. The, uh, you're the Packers won the Super Bowl, they morphed into more of an under-sender running team in that postseason run, and so it would be interesting to see if they pulled that off again. Last one I want to get to, Dad, so I think both you and I uh, extend that one. We'll do an actual yep. extend tag or cut here. Quarterbacks that are coming up for either contract extensions or what have you. Tua Tungavailoa, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff here. Dad, Tua and their camp pushing for a multi-year extension. Dak Prescott got a lot of money due on the cap this year for him uh, in his contract. And Jared Goff in the final year of his deal. Extend tag or cut? Well, let, let's start with, with 
Prescott. I mean, in actual extending, <laughs> you have to extend him, right? I mean, you have to. He's $59 million cap hit. You're not getting rid of him. It's a $60 million, $61 million dead money hit on you if you do. If you cut him or trade him. And that's too big of a cap hit. So you have to extend him. I, I mean, isn't, isn't this to me, which all we went through with Jerry Jones and Dak and getting that original contract when he was signing everybody else, this seems like the biggest no-brainer in the world. So I'll start there, Mike. I think you have to extend Dak. I'd agree. Dak makes the most sense to actually extend. He played MVP caliber football for a lot of last season, all the way up until the Buffalo Bills game when the wheels kind of fell off. This thing was asked to do a lot in a version of the Dallas offense that now mimics more of that Aaron Rodgers Packers offense because Mike McCarthy's at the helm. Who are you going to cut? That's the real question. Yeah. I mean, golf, if you got rid of them, it's a $5 million cap hit, but you're not going to, right? You're, you're not... I don't know who you cut here, Mike. For the purposes of I this mean, exercise, I, I really don't. who are you cutting? Yeah. It's I, who I, you like more between Jared Goff and between Tua Tunga-Vailoa at this juncture in their career. Well, I'm probably going to tag Tua and cut Jared Goff if I'm too. looking at these situations yeah. right now. Just because Tua's got youth on his side. He's been productive. I'd like to see one more year of it before I have to pony up serious quarterback money. I don't know if he's going to get right. st- extended this offseason or not, but played compelling football this year, made some plays that were outside of the flow of just an offense that we know is one of these Shanahan McVay yak monsters, but I would probably go there and say just at this point in Jared Goff's career, yeah. a little bit less runway and cut him on the back end of this. I, w- I would as well, both in the last year of the contract, but two are playing on that $23 million fifth year option. You can wait and see, then you run the risk of having to tag him if you don't extend them this year. But yes, in playing this game, yeah, it would be tag Tua and cut Goff. Uh, would be the way to go, even though all three quarterbacks are going to be on their team this year. But that to play the game, yes, I would agree that would be how it would go. Yeah, and being important parts of their team. But listen, for Jared Goff, too, I think there were some moments in the postseason this last year went under pressure when the best offensive line or one of the best offensive lines in football didn't hold up. All of a sudden, you saw some of the limitations pop back up that got him out of Los Angeles in the first place. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know is it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Spring training getting underway for Major League Baseball, which means we're getting some quotes now. And as we head into the start of baseball season, pitchers and catchers... Hope springing eternal, everything new in the air. 
We revisit the site of tremendous loss this offseason. Shohei Itani obviously was the story of the offseason, his free agent tour that ultimately lands him with the Los Angeles Dodgers and leaves the Los Angeles Angels in a very interesting place where they're now back to the level they had been before with just one all-time great player in Mike Trout sitting there on the roster. And dad Mike Trout understandably got asked once again on what his long-term future looks like with this team, and would he ask for a trade? And this was his response to the idea of trying to get himself out of Anaheim. We don't have that sound, actually, so I'll just read it to you here. Mike Trout said, quote, the easy way out is to just ask for a trade. There might be a time, maybe, I really haven't thought about this, but when I sign that contract, I'm loyal. I want to win a championship here, and the overall picture of a winning championship or getting to the playoffs here is a bigger satisfaction than bailing out and taking the easy way out. So I think that's been my mindset. Maybe down the road if something's changed, but that's been my mindset ever since the trade speculation came up. Dad, any of this? Could it be read as shade to one Shohei Itani who did just leave for greener passers in Los Angeles? The other Los Angeles. He did, left a free left left as a free agent, didn't didn't get a trade. And and as we were pointing out before we came on, really Shohei's only making two million dollars a year for the next 10 years <laughs> as he deferred all that. But I, if it's not there, it's shade there, it's shade at those who seek trades obviously, right, and look to go somewhere else, maybe to a more contending team, which, I, I, listen, I, I I love Mike Trout. I love watching him play ball, um, but I, I dis- disagree with him here. On one side, to sit there and say it's the easy way out to ask for a trade, I wanted, you should want to try and basically win a championship with the team you're on, but then in the same breath, utter that, you know, your team is probably not going to go any higher than their $175 million payroll, you know? So you're going to keep your payroll a little lower compared to the top teams, and you're a great player, and one of the top teams wants you, and they're willing to spend money for players around you to win a championship. I'm sorry, but that to me, that if that's your goal to win a championship – that trumps me saying, well, you should stay with your team even though they don't want to spend a lot of money, you know, and try and win a championship. To me, sorry, not not buying that one. So if you, you want to move on for a trade to, to go to a contending team to try and get a championship if you don't have one, I, I honestly don't have a problem with it at all. So it was a little shade, right? It was a little shade in there. Did Mike Trout say an interesting thing? Did we get a little interesting? Ah. <laughs> think we would all like that right i mean we'd like the, the personalities I mean, in baseball God. you'd like mike trout as, as one of the best hitters to be one of those guys but he's never never really been that yeah i mean may, maybe maybe it is i don't know what the offer what, what an offer from the angels was to show it you know was it was it the same amount of money did did they go down the same road that i don't know you know if Shoei went for more money more power to him you know, doing it also went to a powerhouse team. He certainly went to a team that's the favorite by far uh, to win to win the the World Series this year. So I, I don't know how any, anybody could blame him for that. He makes a pretty hard distinction between having signed the contract, still being under contract, not wanting to get traded, right. and doesn't necessarily right. mention free agency. It's a little between the lines reading here, but this is just the kind of stuff you force when you've got a guy who's thirty two, been in the league for thirteen years and has really never given us much of anything outside of a real love for the weather and being one of what looks like the all-time greatest baseball players. A little bit banged up this last year, Dad, and 
I think it's one of those things where you're allowed to just be comfortable where you're at. Like you're allowed to just yes. be comfortable in your surroundings, not want more than that. We just thought, I think after last year, seeing Mike Trout and company going through the World Baseball Classic, all the joy there, people thought, oh, did that jumpstart something in him where maybe he would have looked at this situation? And we said the same for Shohei. You could see after that the way that this guy saw championship competition and enjoyed internalizing it, that all of a sudden it might have woken up something different. And for Mike Trout, maybe at this point in his comfort, the fact that he's financially secure for the rest of time and then some... All of that supersedes that, which is fine. Everybody's got a different relationship with this stuff. We've done and championshipized so much of sports and a lot of the other sports that maybe for Mike Trout, this is almost a refreshing admission that, hey, I'm just here to play baseball. I'm going to do it at a really high level. And he can say publicly, yeah, these are the things I want my team to do. He's been there 13 years. He knows good and damn well the Angels aren't going to do a damn bit of anything outside of, hey, they got into the Shohei Atani sweepstakes the first time. They had their chance, and look how that went. If that's not the thing that gets you over the hump, Mike's got to know deep down in places he doesn't want to talk about at parties. It ain't ever going to happen with the Angels. That's no. just the reality at this that's point. Ex that's exactly right. So he's comfortable where he is, and that's fine. That's fine. But, you know, I, me personally, and he can say what he wants, one of the greatest of all time. I wouldn't rip on others if they want to, you know, move on to go somewhere else. This was a team, remember around the trade deadline, they hung on to these guys, especially Shoei. didn't trade them. They thought they could make a little bit of a mm -hmm. run you know, they, they weren't sellers, you know, and, and it turns out they didn't. They ended up really just tanking, you know, not not by a team trying to tank, but they just didn't play well, ended up 17 games out of the division there, but they tried to make that run. So, you know, I, don't, I, I just, I don't mind players making that move because you're right, the Angels aren't it. They're not going to be it. We went through this with Damian Lillard, right? He stayed in Portland, stayed in Portland, said, I want to win here, I want to win here, and I get that. I understand you saying the investment here in the community, family, whatever, we love it here. We want to win here. But at some point, depending again, as I said, on what you want, Damian Lillard wanted one thing, the team did another. So he moved on. Mike Trout seems to be extremely content staying where he is because I agree with you. He's got to know deep down there. They just don't have a shot to compete, but he's comfortable where he is. And that's cool. That's cool. It's one of those situations, and this is true for both the Angels and Mike Trout, when people show you who they are, believe them, both sides have shown us who they are over a long relationship. In 13 years, Mike Trout's been to one postseason. That's the reality of the situation with the Angels and with this team. So that's going to be what happens here. I, I do think part of it, Dad, is we love in sports as fans and as an outside world to project things onto players that we would never expect of ourselves in those situations. If you would hit a lottery ticket in terms of contract and loved and were comfortable with where you lived and where you your family was most of us probably wouldn't forsake a lot of that for the hope or idea of a championship because this is competition though and because these represent the interest of a lot of other people around it right. we project different things it's what made what anthony rendon said yesterday hilarious going into uh his media session where he got asked about his angels tenure here and talked about, was asked, you know, is this still a priority for you? And he said, baseball's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith and family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. He's 33 years old. Obviously, he's in the middle of that seven-year, $245 million contract. And injuries popped up some there. But, Dad, he's broken just the cardinal rule of this where you got to be the best at what you do. you got to be Nikola Jokic to tell us you don't care about this sport. And for us to kind of laugh at it and push it off and talk about it 
actually being a healthy perspective because I'd imagine there's some people given what's happened with his tenure here in the uh, with the Angels that are going to look at this and go, well, man, that's not what we're supposed to hear from our players. You're supposed to live and die for this when in reality there are a lot more Anthony Rendones in terms of their approach than there are anything else in professional sports. Without question, without question, that is going to be the prevailing thought from a lot of professional athletes, right? They give to their sport. People, I and you know, say this over the years. This is what we did for our job. Fans don't look at it that way. Fans look at it as, my God, you guys get to play a game. I would do it for free. That's one of the greatest line out of fans. Man, I do what you're doing for nothing. No, you wouldn't. You'd do it for a day for free, and then you'd want to be paid, you know, what your market value was because it's your job. This is what you do. And the pay is ridiculous. I get that. But you know, who's going to say their sport is above their family? I mean, I, I care right. way more about my he family said God than I do. And I and love his football. Blood relatives, but I love my, the people he gave birth I mean, to. Like, how is that controversial? Yes. I mean, there's what he said. He is right, but 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 people outside of the game or outside of sports don't view it that way. They're like, oh my God, your whole life should be given to baseball and what they're paying you. Nope, nope. It's my job. It's what I do. I love it. But give me my family first. It's an incredible place we arrived. Galaxy Sports Brain Stuff as Anthony Rendon needles the crowd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Dad, MLS getting ready to start their season yep. off on Wednesday here, which matters to a lot more people in a world now where Lionel Messi is over here playing in the United States going into 2024. Uh, Inner Miami, the clear-cut favorite to win the MLS Cup this season at plus 300 odds on DraftKings Sportsbook. But what's interesting about the backdrop of this, especially for our intents and purposes, they're going to kick off their season Wednesday playing Real Salt Lake. And they're going to do so 
with replacement officials. There's been a dispute between the officials and their union, and so they're getting locked out to start this season. And so they're going to start the season off with a pool of 66 replacement officials that have uh, been, that have made themselves available and committed to working during this stoppage. 26 of those, or excuse me, 11 of those have FIFA and or professional experience in the first, second, or third divisions in other countries. Multiple were national referees in U.S. soccer. Multiple also worked Division I soccer matches. Four of them have FIFA and or pro experience in countries like Brazil, Cuba, Peru, and El Salvador. So they're in a little bit better situation with some of that manpower than, let's say, the NFL going back to 2012, Dad, when they had their officiating backups go in there. And we saw the mess that ensued there. But I'll be real interested to see how this is digested now that you got messy here and we feel like we got to kind of put our best foot forward as a product over here. And if there's a little bit of buyers or more looking around going, I'm really going to get this half-assed officiating measure when I am arguably the best player in the world. So it is interesting, the, the, and they call them stand-in referees, not replacements. I, they probably feel that that word is not very good. <laughs> Didn't work out very well in the NFL, considering where they got some of the replacements from. It seems that these stand-in refs have a little more experience, at least on the pro level, than the replacement referees in the NFL. And again, MLS season kicks off with uh, you know, Miami taking on Real Salt Lake. So, I mean, you're getting messy right out of the gate. I mean, what a way to start. And the thing I think that happens, Mike, is unfortunately, but this is this is where we are, and, and I get the thought process, is so when that game, when that match is going to start, the thought process of the stand-in referees is going to be what mistake are they going to make? Who are they going to, what team are they going to cost something from you're you're automatically looking at the negative that's what we did with the replacement refs in the nfl is where's the first time that we can say oh boy okay there's a big reason why hey, we need to figure this out because we're getting calls like that so when is that going to happen in the mls you know how long will it take who because we know how this works which each game that goes on it's the leverage position right of MLS and of the referees, you know, which they're saying, you know, MLS is growing so much, there's more demand on our referees, you know, physically and mentally and blah, blah, blah. They want more money, which is cool. You know, I've been in strikes. It's you draw that line in the sand and how far are you willing to go? So with each game that goes on, if there are massive mistakes made by the stand-in referees, Leverage falls to the, you know, the, the referee, the, their union. If games are going off pretty clean, then, the, you know, the, the, the referees in the union are going, uh-oh, you know, this, this may not be going well for us, and that could move along the negotiations one way or the other. But I think, it, it, and it's a shame for the stand-ins, they're going to be out there, that you're automatically going to look at when are they going to do something wrong as opposed to, well, we just have a clean game out there. 100%. You go in predisposed to expecting the bad thing to happen. Yeah. And so you're going to be looking for every instance. You're going to look for confirmation bias in this. Dad, I think there is a lot of leverage on the side of the officials and their union. When you look at the spot that MLS is in right now, you are fresh into 
a decade-long deal yeah. with Apple to be the provider for your league. You got Messi to come over last year, and it was a huge success for attention around the sport in this country. The way we've seen in the past to an extent with some of the stars from European football that have come over here to play, but Messi, still such a name front and center of the sport, still considered one of the best players in the world, and the returns were immediate for Inter-Miami in terms of him coming over here and going on this goal-scoring spree and it going crazy. And honestly, if you're the officials, you're praying to God something happens opening night, right? Like yes. you need a big gaff in one of the messy games yep. for this to really swing your way because not that it's a perfect example, but we mentioned the replacement officials for the NFL in 2012. There were a bunch of mistakes, but what ultimately turned the tide in that? It was the Green Bay Seattle Monday night football game right. where our buddy Golden Tate, Golden Tate comes down in the end zone with a 50-50 ball and you got one official going no catch and you got another one signaling touchdown and then yeah. panic ensues after that and the NFL in their primetime, one of their primetime platforms got embarrassed in front of company and then change immediately happened after that. And so it's always, we see this with rule changes across sports, you need it to happen with some of the best players involved in a situation that's got high stakes and it don't get more high stakes than every game that Messi is a part of while yeah. you're trying to convince people for your television partner and just for the world at large that we are to be taken seriously as a product. It's amazing that, you know, these uh, referees that are, that are refing soccer, I'm sure love soccer, right? But, but you're exactly right. And they are hoping that the games are officiated horribly. In a game they love, they hope they're officiated horribly. You know, when when I was on strike in 87 and they brought in replacement players, we wanted the games to be awful. And for the most part, they, they were, but mm -hmm. the NFL kept moving on. That forced us to say, boy, this isn't working for us and have to go back to work. So it's always what, because you'll be able to tell where is the information coming out on social media if a game is refereed well or if a game is refereed poorly. You know, <laughs> if it's refereed poorly, you know where those, those comments are going to be coming from the ref side. If it's refereed well, that'll be coming more from the MLS side, basically saying, you know, we're, we're good. You know, everything is fine because it's at this point, you know at some point this strike is going to end. But every each side wants to win. So who will continually get the leverage as the season starts? Yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting juncture because there's no denying soccer has become extremely popular in this country. And a lot yes. of it, even you see locally, these MLS games are incredibly well attended. There's very passionate fan bases in the markets that they've chosen here. But it's still seen as second rate compared to the vast majority of the world soccer products and what we talk about all the time that goes on in the Premier League, in Syria A, and some of those leagues across the pond that you're fighting that uphill battle to get towards here. And I just think at this particular juncture, you can't afford a lot of missteps while you've got this opportunity if you are MLS yep. to capitalize on all the... I mean, listen, this is a version within the sport of what we talked about for the NFL in terms of retention. You got new eyes on you through the course of this season because of the Taylor Swift effect and all these circumstances that netted you a very different group of viewers than you had had before. And now the challenge is, how do we go about retaining all those new people that we brought to the sport? I'd imagine a lot of it's going to be the same. Like we said, very passionate fan base overall for MLS, but you got a lot more casual eyes on you when all of a sudden they got an opportunity to either in person or on TV, see Leo Messi go out and be one of the best players in the world and sauce yep. all over our dudes like he did last year. 
And now the question becomes, what are you going to do to retain that? And putting out a product that feels mid because you got poorly officiated games, God forbid it comes down to meaningful calls at the end of that really runs counter to that entire idea. Yep, it does. From the, from the referee side of this, a quote from their side, this game evolves rapidly and play happens quickly. We think replacement officials generally do not have the current experience and level of fitness required to do our jobs. The sport and everyone involved, players, coaches, and fans, deserve referees who are the best in North America at knowing the MLS game and its current rules and application. So you say that, you put it out there, and then you sit there and you cross your fingers as the referees are sitting and watching these games that these replacement referees screw something up so it helps your side. Bro, they said you don't got the wind to do this. They yeah. said you yes, don't got the they fitness did. to go out here and hold our literal jocks out there. Them's fighting words. And dad, listen, you're a guy that once, you know, I believe was part of rocks that got thrown at scabs on buses. If yep. I remember that correctly, I don't want to misrepresent you. So yep. I'm not surprised that figurative shots are getting fired right here, but going to be an interesting backdrop for the start of MLS's upcoming 2024 season. But coming up next, you want to talk about shots fired. We will get to this, that, and the third and a challenger entering the ring to go at one of the all-time greats. Goat debate for the ages next year on Gojo and Golik. All right, time to finish off the show the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off into the rest of your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us, leave us a five-star rating, and try and check us out live if you can, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, here on DraftKingsNetwork.com, our YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, and more. And again, you can check us out on VEASAN, on the radio, Vegas Stats and Information Network, wherever they are carried, from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time. The best of Gojo and Golik will be on there every day. But if you miss us or any of our great guests, shout out and thank you to our buddy Jay Arnold, former Texas A&M D lineman, covering NASCAR over at a ApolloHugh.com. You can catch him at Jay Arnold on Twitter as well. You can get that and all the rest of our show wherever you get your podcast or available right here on YouTube when we get done with the show. Dad, let's get to this, that, and the third. And let's start off with this. We asked, or I asked fans the other day in wake of an all-star game that went awry for the NBA, your absolute worst ideas to help fix the NBA all-star game. I went first and offered up karaoke. I thought if you got a bunch of individual karaoke battles and a group number that you had to go East versus West in the NBA all-star game, that could be a pretty terrible, but great solution for this game. Do you have any bad ideas right out of the gate before I get to some of the ones from our Twitter friends? Um, God, some of the bad ideas. Keep it as it is. <laughs> that's that's a bad Honestly, idea, right? A very we're, common we're, refrain we're, that I got. Yeah, I mean we're we're waiting on the potential changes. It's going to be interesting because we waited the same thing for the NFL on what changes they were going to make, and you know they're coming with the disgust of Adam Silver in presenting that winner's trophy. Uh, to what's going to happen next year certainly has to be something different that everybody is going to uh, agree upon. Karaoke, I'd imagine, you know, we, I think we get thrown because of how well the Eagles players sang, that we think there's going to be some great voices out there. When quite honestly, if you're at a karaoke bar, do you want to hear somebody who's got a great voice or somebody who just goes up there and tries so hard, but it's just horrible at singing? 
Well, our buddy Amin Al Hassan, I often heard him on the Dan Levitard show talk about a karaoke league that he was in. And actual singing quality is not one of the criteria that you're judged and graded on. Really? Here. It's about performance. It's about all the other stuff that you do there. So <laughs> I like to see effort. I want to see someone that's going to try and own the stage. And I believe you've got enough showmen in the NBA to do that. That would be, that would be, because that is interesting. Because remember when we were, I believe it was in, in, in Anguilla with our whole group there. And we were out at dinner, and that guy had us sing, me and another guy sing, uh, one in a million, I think it was. And and I ended up winning the competition. And you're right. He had a better voice. He had a better voice than me, but it was kind of the showmanship, the stupidity that I did of roaming around and singing that actually got me that victory. So that that is kind of interesting. But And I've never heard of a karaoke competition like that, league. That's pretty wild. It is. Some other ideas that we got uh, from the folks on Twitter, uh, at Matt Ryan underscore five tweeted an escape room, which I think would be fascinating to watch the teamwork dynamic yes. in a different arena for these guys. Lance Zerline, great draft analyst, uh, baking competition, great British bake-off NBA version would Ooh. also be incredible because I bet you got a couple guys in there that actually have some yes. kitchen know-how and a bunch that would be drowning. Um, Mark Ennis tweeted a date night thing where you drink wine and paint. That I would be very in for. That was recently a group date on The Bachelor in last week's two-part episode. They took them to Spain and had them do a little bit of a sip and pain experience. Would love to see that one. And then this one from Alex Onandia. One member of the losing team immediately gets traded to the worst team in the league. That sort of Hunger Games style mentality would obviously never fly, but would essentially be a one-game performance and relegation system that would be awesome for fans. How would you decide which player gets traded? That would be something. Talk about the fear going through everybody's body on the losing team, you know, of who would get who would get relegated in this case. That would be pretty wild. And the drink wine and paint, that would that would have to be after you're drunk, right? That's the whole idea of that to get hammered on wine and paint, see how well you paint. You, know, you want to get buzzed enough to forget that you're bad at art so that you go about this with a little bit more creative freedom. So great ideas All there right. at Mike Gold Jr. on Twitter. You can fire more our way if you'd like, and we'll submit them to Adam Silver if we get if ever get his ear. Dad, let's get to that, though. This video went viral the other night at a Kansas State-Texas college basketball game. I saw Scott Van Pelt pull this up on his one big thing. We have been for years captivated by the, the awe panda, that is Red this. Panda as a halftime show for the masses here. The woman on top of the large unicycle throwing the bulls onto her head and wowing audiences for years. She's a certified Hall of Famer and a GOAT. But we got Robert Struver Stuverud, a.k.a. Roberto the Magnificent, one of the nation's most unique performers at halftime who went on a what looked like a three-story unicycle, dunked a basketball, Jeez. and then was seen juggling bowling pins on half court. He began to juggle a unicycle at age 11 and within four years was awarded a silver medal at the World Juggling Championship. So, Dad, do you think this man has what it takes to potentially challenge the goat that is Red Panda? Yeah, I think so. Red Panda has such a great... Uh, reputation already. It may take a while to do that. But you mentioned something there that I'm sorry I've missed. The World Juggling Championship? Man, would I love to watch yeah. that. That has got to be very cool with some of the talent there. But uh, but I, I think he's going to have a little bit to go to catch her. She has just been such an icon. But he's got the higher unicycle. I think it's like 20 feet. 
uh, and doing the juggling on there. So he's trying. He's trying to make his run. You know, you're you're going for the champ. You're going after the top, to be the top dog. You got to come correct on a whole lot of things and what you're trying to do. I want to make this clear. Red Panda's resume, legacy, and overall impact on the sport are unimpeachable and untouchable in my mind. She has been the premier in a world of dogs that do fun tricks, dance acts, and the like that we've seen on League Pass for the NBA and in college sports arenas all over this great nation. Red Panda stands alone as a singular force of nature. Not a woman, less than a god, but more than a woman. Red Panda exists somewhere in that air. And I want to make it clear, this man poses no threat to her, but I am happy to see other people trying to go out here and put their own spin on what's been a great halftime act for a long time. Dad, let's get to the third here. White people are at it again. So apparently there is an attraction in the Dockstein Mountains in Austria called the Stairway to Heaven. It's a 130-foot open-air ladder that is run by a group called Intersport, And it's called the Via Ferrata, which is Italian for the Iron Path. It connects a lower portion of the mountain to the Grosser Donnenkergel Summit, which peaks at about 6,700 feet. Climbers are normally harnessed in here, but Dad, you're essentially walking on one of those rickety wooden movie ladders across this open area field. I saw some British guy fell 300 feet and died. Rest in peace, but also... This is what happens when you forsake your health and safety in the name of a great GoPro video that you're going to put on Instagram. I don't know what possesses a person to want to do this. I get there are thrill seekers out here, but man, I choose life and I choose something that is far more stable than this weird ass bridge. So you wouldn't do this? No, God, no. I'm not that white. I think I would try this. I mean... You're, you're harnessed in, right? You're harnessed in. I, I've, did the guy who fell 300 feet to his death not put the harness on? Now, that's crazy to not have the harness yeah, there on. Was some, there was I some question the- about whether he was harnessed. I think he was out there by himself, so I don't want to put that on people that run this. This seemed to be outside of the normal run of business. But still, like the risk is non-zero when you're up in this kind of setting. No, no, I, I get it, but I, I think I'd give it a go. I, I think I said, I listen, I sit here and say that as I'm sitting in a seat, you know, on land, not climbing, you know, very high and having to look down um, that, that I would try it. Uh, when all of a sudden, if somebody said, OK, let's go. And I got there, maybe I think twice about it, but I have a feeling I'd give it a go. I mean, you are the more risk inclined when it comes to stuff like this. You've always had the desire to jump out of a plane. You led the charge when we went to South Africa to go and do the shark diving experience that I was a little hesitant on. So you're wild differently, but on the scale of overwhelming caucasity, we are reaching threat level midnight here (laughs) for the whites going out and pushing the limits on the dumb stuff we're willing to do for cloud online. Uh, Speaking of Cloud Online, if you appreciate the show and want to give us some cloud, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review our Caucasity. Leave it a five-star rating and check us out here live Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on the DraftKings Network, DraftKingsNetwork.com, and more. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done.